Spawnerly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What the deal be everybody here in Spawn on Me land? What's good? What's good? What's good? I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all washing your hands, washing your butt, making sure that you are all in control of this life in this COVID world, making sure you're all keeping yourself safe and getting everything together. I hope you're all doing okay. I hope you're all doing all right in all the spaces that you occupy. If you missed Last week's show, you missed a banger of an episode, so please make sure you go check that out. Uh, we are on all podcast platforms on the planet, uh, and make sure you go subscribe to all the places that we reside uh, and give us some love over there. It's a bunch of cool stuff happening this month. We had a monster stream last night. It is Black History Month. We are rocking it, killing it. We had over 18, almost 18,000 people in chat last night. Uh, hanging out with us while we were on the front page of Twitch for Black History Month. So we were rocking and rolling, making it happen and getting some dope stuff in. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit more of that tonight with everybody here in the chat coming and hanging out and, and, and playing and rolling around with us in Chicago. So um, I have been extremely excited for a couple of different things this week. Uh, we had that really cool thing that we did with G4 this week, which was, which was pretty dope. Uh, we had some cool stuff on the front page of Twitch last night. Uh, we have our friends over in the FCF right now going through their fan controlled football draft. Massive love to all the folks over there doing that work. Um, but yeah, it's been a really dope week. I think it's been pretty fun and we've had a lot of cool things coming to and through Bricago and, and coming around, you know, where we reside here uh, in on our show. Um, there are lots of cool things that are coming up soon. Uh, I can't tell you everything yet. Uh, you'll see a video go up tomorrow um, around some, some cool stuff we're doing with Gearbox. Uh, that's going to be pretty fun and, and amazing there. We have a lot of, we have a lot more Black History Month streams that's going to be going down. I'm going to be doing one with Rooster Teeth on Friday. Uh, we just did one with uh, EG, uh, the esports the e team there. Uh, that's going to be up soon. Lots of cool stuff incoming and lots of cool ways that you can get more content uh, with and, and from us um, in the space, which is going to be pretty damn, pretty damn cool for sure. Um, but this week we have a fantastic guest. I have been a big fan of the work that this gentleman has been doing. I have got a chance to check out this really awesome uh, series around the video game industry and around gaming culture called Reset on Vice. Um, and we have the host of the show on with us today. So everybody in Chicago, everybody in chat, give love to Dexter Thomas from Vice coming and rocking with us this week. Shout out to Dexter. How are you doing, sir? How's everything going? I hope you all doing well. What's good? I am, yo, I, I cannot complain. I cannot complain. I'm really happy to be here, man. So appreciate it. Appreciate first of it, all, man. you, uh, so, so first of all, I have to give you massive, massive amounts of love and kudos. Um, I, I took a, I took a, a roll through and a stroll through both of the first episodes, the first two episodes of the show. And seriously, this is some fantastic work. I have always been a big fan of everything that dice dice does vice does. Um, um, and the, the you know the visual aesthetic is always beautiful and the way you kind of tackle a story is fantastic and everything you're kind of doing in that space to kind of broaden out the conversation around gaming is fair is, is like super brilliant i think you know massive kudos to you and, and the team for for bringing these stories to the forefront um for the folks at home who aren't super familiar with your work how did you kind of start in this space what was what was the kind of you know impetus for you to kind of jump into the media correspondence space and, and doing the work with vice yeah, thank you, man. Yo, that that is really gratifying to hear. Thank you so much. And and I love that you said you and the team because the team is the engine that makes this whole thing work, man. I mean, definitely massive shout. Anybody who's not familiar with Waypoint, please get familiar with Waypoint. I mean, mm -hmm. Austin, Gita, I mean, every, you know, um, Patrick, Pat, yeah. uh, Matthew Gall, yeah, everybody in there, and, and and there's so many people that really are behind the scenes who made this entire thing work. Michelle, obviously, you know what I mean, but we're, we're speaking specifically about the knowledge that I cannot say that I know everything about games, and this is this is something I definitely want to get into, but 
the the ability to do this has so much to do with the fact that I was able we were able to collect and gather a whole bunch of just really brilliant sharp people who really truly care about culture of games the culture specifically um is what made it work and so yeah man I'm I just happen to be able to sit here and 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 talk to the people about it which is a dream for me right um but yeah for me it's weird because I have a pretty non-traditional way uh, a pathway that I've come to this so I've only been in the quote-unquote you know journalism slash media game for five years which sounds like a long time but compared to the some of the people that I work with it's it's nothing right um so before this I was a grad student and so I was studying basically I was working on a dissertation in on Japanese hip-hop and so you know I was off on the east coast I was working on a on a PhD which I just finished last year and but that was that was what I was doing strictly and you know I really my pathway was basically I just got frustrated with the slow pace of academic publishing and started writing a bunch uh people started paying attention to it and um you know to make a long story short uh Vice was interested in what I was doing and they said you want to come here and do something and I said yeah let's go uh, that's that's, that's dope. a short version. That's an it's a really dope trajectory from Japanese hip hop studies to video games. Yeah. Where where to a certain extent, there's definitely some crossover there, right? There's like pieces oh, that absolutely touch within those Venn, with that big Venn diagram there. Um, that's, oh, that's I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it. If somebody messes around and gives me a second season, we are 100 doing a rap versus music for video game music episode it's happening i'm calling Ooh. it right now it is it is going to happen watch, watch these people mess around and give me a season two and we're doing it <laughs> vice vice i gotta give him a season two he's already killing season one season one is, <laughs> season one is already on fire and it's dope and it's fantastic you gotta give him a season two i'm calling it i don't have i don't have any clout i mean i know the vice i know the the, the waypoint crew that's family but yo Whatever, whatever we can do, we gotta figure it out. Get a GoFundMe going. We figure it out. We will make it happen to get you, get you a second season because I'll be fired. Um, we'll see. We'll what see. I what, what I love is that is hearing that you know you are fairly new to the to, to this part of the industry in the journalism space, and I love yeah. to see. You know, one of the things that we do is champion. Um, you know, people of color. We want to make sure that we have a lot more folks who look like us in the space, telling good stories and telling our stories. It is brilliant to be able to see you know, someone like you kind of come into the space with fresh, with fresh eyes to a lot of the stuff here, uh, that we, that we, you know, me as a person who's been doing this for, you know, probably over 12 now at this point, um, hearing and seeing you kind of go through the, 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 the seeing of the conversations in these new ways. When you, when you got, when you kind of, did you pitch this thing? Was this the thing that you were like, Hey, I want to do this thing. Was this a collaborative effort across lots of different folks from within vice? And you, and you were the one who was, you know, tapped to, to kind of tell the story. Yeah, I think um, that's probably the closest um, to what actually happened. I think is that, mm -hmm. so at vice, so for my, my main thing that I work at, this was for lack of a better term, kind of a side project reset, right? Yeah. The show that we're talking about. So mostly I work on a show called Vice News Tonight. It was formerly on HBO. Uh, now it's on Vice TV. Um, you know, I've also done stuff that's gone on on Showtime and things like that. But for the most part, you know, we're, we make, I would say, mini documentaries. It's a show. It's half an hour long. And basically the idea is, okay, if you've seen, you might have seen the headlines, we're going to take you behind it, mm. right? That's sort of the idea. And so the thing that I've been really lucky to do is that nobody's ever really told me, hey, you can only do this, you can only do that. So I've done everything from interviewing presidential candidates and, you know, kind of pressing them to talking to musicians, right, to covering the opioid epidemic in middle, mostly white America, to talking about suicide in Japan for from people who are trying to prevent um you know, suicide via overwork. So, so really, you know, the heavy, but also, you know, things that are cultural that I also take really seriously. And in amongst all that, I thought I saw video games as part of all this, mm. right? So I, I never saw this. So the thing is the thing that I, that, I, that I've always been really big on is I won't ever let anybody call me an entertainment reporter. Huh? Like I, I will immediately reject that. Cause I don't do that. I do culture. Yeah. 
I definitely do culture. I don't do entertainment. Nothing wrong with entertainment. Everybody likes to be entertained. But I won't let people put me in that box because I'm very particular with words. And culture for me means something that entertainment doesn't. Yep. And so I put in, you know, if I'm if I'm grilling a, a presidential candidate or I'm talking about a new video game and, hey, why did you why did you do the story like this? Tell me about that. Right. I view that as a big part of the spectrum. It's all the same spectrum. So there was an interest. In, and I've, I think at this point, you know, I was doing long, you know, five, eight minute mini documentaries about video games. We were putting them things on HBO. We putting them things online. Nobody's yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a news outlet, right? There's, there's right. amazing creators right. who do this on YouTube. And trust me, I watch way too much of that stuff because I, I love it, right? <laughs> but for news, I think I think a lot of the industry is scared to do this sort of thing. They won't put the resources behind it. No. Somebody messed around and gave me the resources to do that, and so I did it. And so at a certain point, it was just, hey, look, we're interested in doing video games. Probably Dexter's the guy to do this, thankfully. And so somebody said, hey, look, there's something we want to work on. Would you be interested in you know doing something about video games? And I said, yes, mm. let's go. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's basically how it happened. Is I think, you know, people appreciated the the way like it like it kind of says in the trailer. We take video games as we take video games as seriously. I take video games as seriously as I take everything else. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect segue. We're gonna you know we're gonna show the trailer for the folks at home and everybody mm. who's gonna be watching this on YouTube and in Twitch chat. Let's take a quick look at the trailer for reset, and we'll be right back after that. Video games are a serious part of our culture. Arcades were more than just some place you waste some quarters. Video games are art. That's why we're taking video games seriously. Let's talk about the kids who are just at home and their teammate tells them that they're a f***ing loser and should kill themselves. The video game industry actually emerged out of military context and military funding. This is a game that has not been running for possibly decades. We don't know if there's any other boards out there that exist still. It's really hard feeling like you don't belong. And there seems to be a lot of tension there when it comes to black people wanting to speak up on things that need to change. I want to blow something up. Are you okay? I'm a little shook. <laughs> I, lo- I love the I'm a little <laughs> shook part. I love that part. Yeah. Um, I cut that's a little who, that's bit quick. Tonight's episode. No, that was brilliant. I love that. I love that. I love that. Because that was that's one of those things, right? Where I think you know, uh, I think there's a really great space that you occupy with this show, where you know, for folks who have been you know veterans of the industry, who have been you know been in this space mm-hmm. for a long time, I saw the first two episodes and was like, up. Oh, I know that person. I know that person. I was like, there go my fan Frank Cifaldi. Oh, there goes, you know, there goes yeah. and the rest of the crew. Oh, we had the purple Sharpie on our show. Like there's people like in that, in that conversation between, within those two first episodes where I'm just like, yup, they're, they're tapping the right people for these conversations in a way that is going to be brilliant for the folks who are, you know, adjacent to the industry or folks who, you know, in a space where, you know, as a news outlet, this gives another avenue to talk about these really important things in a space that we don't usually see those conversations occupy. How important was it to kind of, again, share these stories across, you know, the medium that we, that you've chosen to do for audience that audiences that may not get it. Right. And you're kind of the first person who's going to be, you know, bridging that gap for them. That is, that is such a heavy question, man. I appreciate you asking that. Um, what my goal, my personal goal yeah. with, with the show, right? Is that, I mean, we have an episode about the fighting game community, mm. man. It's half an hour. It ain't no way we're going to cover everything. It's impossible. <laughs> right. Daigo's not in there. Right. And I'm personally right. upset about that. Cause that, I, I lived in the, I, I lived right next to an arcade that Daigo used to show up at all the time. Oh, wow. In, Sh- in the Shinjuku area, right? So I used to pop in and just be, oh, this, this Daigo just whooping people, <laughs> right? And, and he's not even people. in there. He didn't get, he didn't get mentioned, right? But but I have to. So that's to say that I have to go in with the understanding that it's a very difficult balance, right? Because there are some people who are just intimately familiar with it. They've been there from day one. I have to make something that that Alex Valle feels like makes mm. some sense. Mm-hmm. 
I have to make something that Cuddlecore feels like makes some sense. I have to make something that Sharpie feels like makes some sense. You know what I mean? Makes some sense. Yeah. Right? But also, something that somebody who maybe put a quarter into a Street Fighter Two cabinet, you know, back in 92, 93, can, can feel like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Mm. And hopefully want to know a little bit more about and, and and maybe do a little bit of digging themselves you know i mean we come from hip-hop so this is you know you hear something you hear the sample you start digging more i mean it, th- this is a hip-hop thing right and so that is sort of the i'm giving you samples mm. i'm doing my absolute best like you said to put the right people in and and that i think is what you know what the eps did and you know everybody else was on the team trying to put the right people in the group you know, you should watch that first episode and say, who is this dude, Frank Cifaldi? Why is he? This is somebody who I've, I've known of forever ago. Yeah. And so having him in there, period, was just, yo, this is amazing. And so I want people to watch that, watch both of these episodes and feel like, mm, I was cool. I didn't know this. Let me let me see what this purple Sharpie person is doing. Mm-hmm. What she, is she, she, is she streaming? Is it, you know, things like that. And so that's, that's sort of the, the balance that I'm, that we're trying to hit. I think is that with most episodes, mm-hmm. right. We're, we're able to give you a good look at, at a, a part of the culture that'll let you get deeper into it. Yep. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's our, that's one of the big goals because the thing is you can be as into video games as you want. You can call yourself a capital G gamer. Mm. You don't know about everything. Right. Right. We got an episode about the Sims. How much are people, you know, how much is your COD just warrior know about the Sims? Right. Well, we're going to tell you, right? Yeah. That, and that, that's what we're, even the people who are really deep into stuff, having a show about video games, to be real with you, having a show about video games is like having a show about television. Mm-hmm. We're having a show about sports. Mm-hmm. It's so big. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're beyond the point. I mean, this show should have existed 10 years ago, to be real right. with you. I'm okay with being late. <laughs> if, yeah. if, better late than never. You know no, what I mean? But, I but, but part of it is, let me, let's, let's give you a taste at all these different aspects so we can start having this conversation a little bit more to the wider audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the thing that I love about the, the stuff that I've already seen is that you're doing such a good job of one of the, one of the, one of the biggest pain points I hear as, as um, you know, a person who straddles the lines of host journalists, you know, content creator, mm-hmm. Now I'm doing some of this stuff in my, my, my actual day job and the, 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 the conversations that we have from in, from an insider position is very, very gatekeepery, right? It, it, it is, it is a, it is an interesting yeah. way that we gatekeep people from the industry and from these experiences because of the lingo that we use and because of the, the history that we have with, 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 with video games and all those kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of what you're doing with this series is you're removing so much of that for for you know folks who are kind of looking and peeking behind the curtain to figure to figure out what this multi billion dollar industry actually is and how it actually connects to their lives. I loved the the, the episode that you did with Frank and in the conversation around restoration and, and, and archival uh, archiving. You know all of the games that we we're, we're trying to keep. Uh, around so that you know the next generation can play that stuff and find good ways to be able to do that stuff um and i absolutely yeah. as a huge and a huge because i'm a huge fighting game fan uh so that episode specifically spoke to me because i'm from new york i used to i used to chill at chinatown fair i went you know and, yeah. and saw people getting it in and do, doing all that kind of stuff and it was so cool to see the conversations and the people that you picked for these particular episodes, which I think, you know, for the folks in the chat and everyone who's going to listen to this later was the thing that really was, was, was amazing. It was a lot of Brown folks in that, a lot of black folk, a lot of women in that conversation, which I think was really important and fantastic, Mm -hmm. especially in the fighting game conversation. How important was that from a conceptual standpoint as well, going into the series of saying, we want to make sure that when we have these conversations, it's really all encompassing and we are pulling everybody Mm. to the table for this. Yo, I mean, that is just, that's just being accurate. Mm. Like, we're not trying to put on a show, put on a song and dance. You know, we didn't, 
I wasn't thinking that this, oh, this thing's going to air during Black History Month. You better get some. <laughs> nah, man, we made we made this months ago. It wasn't that. No, really, this was, look, fighting games and the fighting game community would not be what it is today. It wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the early adoption of black and brown kids. Would not have happened. Mm-hmm. That's just straight up. And, and so, you know, and it's important for people to see, we didn't get super deep into it, mm. but it's important to see. And I remember I had this conversation with, with, with Callie Powell, with Alex by himself. Mm. I think it's important for people to know that the OG, the first true champion of the game is an immigrant, is a Latino brother. I think that's huge. Yes. You should just, you should just be aware of that. Right. And, and you should, and looking at the old footage that we put in there, right. Um, you know, the, the old documented Chinatown Fair, obviously people should 100% go back and look at that. We reference it. Please go watch that. Watch the original, right? We give you a taste. But even just looking at that, you see, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. And, and I think it's really unfortunate that gaming has started to look, because of a lot of this gatekeeper stuff, has started to look a certain way that it really just isn't. And it, yeah. it's just... Honestly, to, to answer directly your point, we were being historically accurate. Mm. And the historical accurate, the historical fact, the actual fact is that the fighting game community would not be what it is without all these different people who were there from day one, who made it, who made it a community. You know what I mean? And, you know, we focus on the we focus on the East Coast. It was definitely happening on the West Coast, which is why I was glad to have Alex. Yo, I found out that we probably crossed paths. He was older than me, and huh. I never would have played this dude because he. By the time I was able to go in arcade, he was too good. Yeah. So that would have been just. But I found out some of the same arcades that I used to go to when I was a kid. He was there too. Huh. Castle Park. Shout out to anybody on the in the IE. <laughs> Castle Park. All these other places. He was there. He was there. So it's it's weird. It's just I had no idea that I was walking. I probably walked into, or walked right by actual Street Fighter royalty. And that's the actual history of it. And so it's important to show that it's and I think, you know, there's so many, so many of the people who are, who are influential in gaming culture. It's a lot of white folks. Yeah. It's a lot of brown folks. Yeah. It's a lot of black folks. You know what I mean? And that, that's just part of it. And so of course, any show that we make about that has to show that, or it's an inaccurate representation. Wow. I'm just trying to be accurate. I mean, I, I'm I'm so mad right now that I don't have my soundboard ready and I have nothing on it that just says bars on it. I need I need. <laughs> I'm so mad right now that I don't have that on my soundboard because you just drop you just drop facts. <laughs> and I think for me it, again, it's like me being from the from the East Coast. I'm from the Bronx, so it's like you know all that stuff is 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 mm. in that space heavy. And I remember very yeah. much so how much bodega culture was a part of Yo, the the. the yeah a part of that conversation pizza shops were like the spot yep. you know where you were like mm-hmm. yo it was the first time i saw a, a bootleg street fighter 2 game and i was like yo this is wild that this is a thing that's like for real for real uh and at a chance we get a chance to kind of you know impart our, our 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 you know our fingerprints on some of this stuff it is very cool that you yeah. got a chance. I was very jealous that you got a chill that you got a chance with to hang with Valle cuz Valle is a good is a good yo, guy. It was dope. yeah what did yeah. you did you kind of leave you know uh, you know, one of the things that most people kind of come away from when they have these kind of series and it gets a chance to kind of chop it up with, you know, like you said, Street Fighter mm-hmm. royalty and, and, and kind of royalty in the space. What what was one of the things you kind of came away from that you might not have known before? What, what, what did you kind of learn that, that was a surprise for you? Wow. Um, honestly, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, it's, it's funny because a lot of people within Vice – Aside from Waypoint, you know, because hmm. Waypoint, they're, they're specialized. They know this stuff. But within Vice, a lot of people say, oh, yo, Dexter, you know, you know a lot about video games. Man, I realized I didn't know a damn thing about video games. Huh. Because, yo, I know about my my stuff, right? I know my, I have my niches yeah. that I'm, I could talk about all day. But again, Sims, man, The Sims is such a deep world. And it's so deep, specifically with black creators mm-hmm. you know, i promise you wait for that episode that's wild you know the one that we have coming tonight on, on another thing i thought i knew how deep the relationship between video games and the military is mm. 
Mm-hmm. No, it's it's heavy. And this is particularly interesting when you start thinking about, I mean, I'm sure you've had interactions with recruiters in the past. I used to have, you know, I used to have them coming up. Hey, yo, Thomas, you putting up some good numbers on track. You want to come mm-hmm. run for the army? Obviously it didn't happen, but you know, there's <laughs> new now the army is, is recruiting on Twitch Yep, is recruiting, you know, is, is doing efforts toward recruiting on Twitch. You know, they were on the front page over the summer. Right. Yep. And, and you know, things like that. And so, I have been just continually amazed at how much I don't know and how much I really don't know and how much, and this is something that I think people who watch the show will find, man, you thought you know about video games. Again, wait till you watch the military episode. Wait until you watch the, the episode that's basically all about the Sims. Wait until you watch the episode where we get into the history of regulation of video games. We talk about that whole Mortal mm. Kombat thing, the Lieberman hearings and all yep. that. But wait about what about when we start talking about well what would it start what would it look like if we tried to regulate hate speech mm. within discords and within video games? What would that look like? What what could a game company do towards that? You think you know about esports? What does it look like when your favorite game gets the plug pulled and you're a pro in a game that isn't being played anymore? Ooh. What it, what is it what does it look like when all this money's coming through and you're not getting you're not you're not getting it? There's all these investors saying this is a multi-billion dollar industry and you're sitting here trying to you're grinding, you drop out of school and you're not seeing any anything from that and the industry is being built on your back. As a, as an esports athlete, as a creator, mm-hmm. just all this stuff, man. Ooh. I thought I knew about video games. I didn't know anything. I learned so much. I learned so much. Oh, that's fantastic. just to be involved. That's dope because I know, like, man. So, like, sim stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I haven't seen anything yet, so I'm excited. So, I'm like, I'm hoping Mira's in there. That's a conversation that's going to be in there. It's like I'm hearing it. all the yeah, yeah. So I'm hearing like, and it's fun, so so funny you talked about the military part because I remember the first E3 that I went to and I was just like flabbergasted because America's army was this this huge booth that was literally, you had to go through that thing to get into E3 and it was straight up a recruitment center. And I was like, yo, what is happening right now? Like, this is bugged out that y'all have this space right here. And you know, me as a person who's like super anti-military, I was like, yo, this is wild that this is a thing. Um, so I'm and, happy and you're is, gonna dig this into is precise, those. yeah, yeah. And it's um, I'm sorry to cut you off, man. It's yeah, no, it's precisely why we. It's precisely why again. I think this is something that obviously gamers are are gonna be hopefully into it. You know, I mean, I was I was looking at a one of the reviews that the show got for the first two episodes, right? Um, it's really kind review, and I thought a really really thoughtful and a really fair review. Actually, I should say more. Uh, it's comicbook.com, mm. right? Great stuff. And they said that the biggest criticism they had was that we didn't go, was that the episodes are too short. Yeah, they wanted to know more. Yeah, man, I will take that criticism all day. Yeah, all day and all night. Is yeah. if if you if you're telling me I scratch the surface and you wanted to know more, I did my job. Yep. I'm cool with that. I'm yep. okay with that. But with the military specifically, I, I want I want experts. I want people who understand that niche to feel like, you know what? They wrapped they they encapsulated some things pretty well. Cool. But in the things that you don't know, I want that to make you you know want to go deeper. The military thing. This is precisely why for the people who aren't really aware of all this stuff, again. We should be taking these things seriously. Video games are we're beyond the point where everybody is saying, Oh, you video games, you're you're playing in your mom's <laughs> basement, you're a bunch right. of nerds. We're 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 decade beyond that, more than a decade beyond that. And th- that that double episode, the one that's coming up actually, I think right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> at seven PM. Yeah, yeah. Right after this is precisely that. It's look, these are the stakes. Mm. These are the stakes. Yeah. I I, I love that. Cause one of the things that I I have always felt is the most important part of doing some of this work. And it it sounds like we're in in alignment with this is that under the surface story that people don't know, plus connects Mm. to the culture in a bigger way, right? Of like, how do you mash those things up in a way that makes sense for the listener, for the reader, for the viewer, so that they do come back with those extra nuggets, but then they go back and they're just like, well, what, what else does that mean for the rest of the, for the rest of the space that we're, we're kind of talking about. Um, 
I love that. That's that's kind of the angle that you're all try, trying to hit with this thing. And I love the fact that you're doing this stuff with Waypoint. I lo- I love and miss them. I don't get a chance to see them now because of all the nonsense. But it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's super happy to see that you're you, you're all kind of doing this work together um, because of that stuff. Um, I, I I really want to dig really quick into the, the the fighting game stuff because I think that there sure. was some some really important nuggets. And for the folks at home, I'm not going to spoil it, but I think that the there's a there's a part of that conversation um, around the openness of the fighting game community and kind of where they lay in terms of the you know the bad boy era and where they're trying to mm-hmm. get to now from a more you know we're now in front of all these corporate sponsors and we now have all these kind of you know big money is trying to get into the space and all that kind of stuff when you were having those conversations around the kind of overarching you know ethos of where the space is coming to right now did it feel like the folks you got a chance to talk to have kind of leaned in a direction yet do you feel like there are folks who are you know still kind of trying to battle and you know i saw arturo was in that was in was in one of the pieces you know uh uh uh, team spooky when he was a baby uh in some of that Mm -hmm. archive stuff but but there's always been this fight this internal fight within the industry or in that community of like we want to say whatever we want and do with that stuff as we want to pop off and do all those things which make us us but we also to get bigger right. and get better and in the space we need to grow out of that do you feel like mm-hmm. in the in the, in the conversations with the people that you had uh, on the show that there's a, a leaning towards one side or the other <sighs> one side you you mean one side or should like we just kind of be... staying the same in that old kind of like pop-off mentality where that's the that's the energy that we want to bring to the table or for us to continue right. to do this work and continue to grow we need to evolve uh, with the with the with the route that society's kind of moving towards you know i mean so this is this is me as an outsider and i can and and i say outsider because you know when you start talking to somebody who's put the hours into the culture that mm-hmm. somebody like sharpie has the, the hours into the end of the game and the you know the like cuddlecore you know what i mean mm-hmm. by the, the the list goes on right i didn't put those hours into it you know, mm. I, I appreciated it and I've watched the matches, you know, and I've, I've been to the tournament here and there, but, but, you know, I, I, I haven't invested that much of, of my life into it. Um, what I feel, what I see when I look at the old footage and when I talk to the old heads and when I talk to the young up and comers is that what they appreciate, the fighting game community is scrappy. Mm. It is right. You don't, you don't, the, the flash and the shine of some of the other, you know, there's even the the argument about is it an esport, right? Mm. Where there's the it's the original esport, and uh, they they there's something else, or we want to be something else, right? And and yeah. I think I, I I love that that there is a conversation, there's an internal conversation about what do we want to be. I think when a community, when a culture gets to the point where they're having that internal conversation, what do we want to be? Mm. I think that's super important. And what, what I get from it is what people truly appreciated about the early days mm. was not, hey, I get to say slurs to people. Right. It was that you respected the other person on the on the other side of the cabinet. Mm. And it really was about your skills. And it really also was about bringing other other people up, you know, learning from somebody, sometimes mm. getting your ass whooped, but learning from that. And then somebody taking it and say, look, man, you need to block. Right. <laughs> you need to learn to block because you're not blocking. Shout out to Sharpie. You didn't block. You think yes, you blocked. So you Sharpie. didn't block. <laughs> so Sharpie. Yeah, you didn't block, right? I mean, Sharpie would get it, get it on some grapplers and stuff. I'm not going to do that. I'm not trying to blow up my own mentions off of that. that I'm, not, so I'm not playing that game. I'm, 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 I'm smarter than that, but um, so I'm, I'm less brave, I think, than she is. But, yo, big shout out. Big shout big out. Shout but, out but what, what I – the again, my my perspective from an outsider is that people appreciate the the dedication to the craft, mm. and sometimes I think, especially in the early days, that was that could be expressed in a way that actually was not productive. Mm. And I think what I'm seeing right now is that there are a lot of people who are saying, "Listen, dedication to your craft and, and wanting to get good." is not that that doesn't mean you have to tear other people down mm. you know what i mean and and that actually if we want to grow 
And if you really truly are dedicated not only to your individual self, but you are dedicated to the culture, you won't want to tear other people down because you're shooting everybody in the foot. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Mm. Why would you do that? And and so I think I think the fighting game community is looking at a lot of other esports and saying, okay, here's where they're doing well, here's where they're making mistakes. Mm. We're kind of the OGs in this field. We can do better than this. And we should be leading a lot of these conversations. So that's what I'm feeling. But more, even more than that, just in the conversations that I had, I didn't feel a lot of pessimism. That's the one big mm. thing. I didn't feel a lot of pessimism. In my conversation with Cuttercore, my conversation with Sharpie, my conversation with, with Vice specifically too, everybody was just, look, we, I mean, yo, a lot of bad things happened this last year. A lot of, oh, yeah. or a lot of bad things came to light, shall I say, right. this past year. But what I was feeling was a lot of people saying, look, this is bad. I'm glad we're talking about this in, out in the opening. There's things we got to do. Hey, look, Sharpie, um, Cuttercore, they're not complaining. They're starting organizations. They're yeah. teaching each other. Yep. Vi is not saying, oh, man, it's it, uh, people are calling each other mean names, and I wish they stopped. No, he's throwing fight nights. He's telling people, look, I'm from the old school. Y'all got to button up, and let, let's let's improve for each other's sake. And so the biggest thing that I saw here, and hopefully we showed at the end, was that there is a lot of optimism for the scene, despite the fact that, that I mean, yo, if you can be optimistic in the fighting game scene after going through a pandemic, mm -hmm. come on, man. that That's resilience that I do not see often in any community. Oh, That's yeah. what I saw. I mean, fighting game, the FGC is super resilient. They are, they are yeah. some of the most scrappy crafty folks i've i was talking about this the other day because you know i am I, my my game of choices is mortal Kombat. i'm a huge mk fan mm. I, I grew up on mk way way much more than 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 the street fighter scene and i was just on twitter the other day saying i have seen the competition explode during covid like it is a wild yeah. thing to see just how resilient and how well people mm -hmm. have figured out ways to continue to do stuff when pandemics are fighting them, when the internet is fighting yeah. them, when networks are fighting them, and can, yes, are continuing yes. to you put, actually have everything fighting yeah, against you. Yeah, and they're still, and they're putting, still putting on fantastic out. content, and it's wild that yeah. that is, is that's what's happening right now. Um, yeah, and, and people are passionate, man. I mean, I had, I made this off offhanded. If, if people, people haven't watched it, I'm not really spoiling much, but I made this very offhanded comment about me liking Killer Instinct. Oh, right. And growing up, my my favorite game was was the original Killer Instinct on Super Nintendo. And I said, you know, not many people play it more right now. They mistook that for me thinking I was talking about the current one. Right. I got so many things in my mansion <laughs> saying, yo, every, I still play Killer Instinct. Yeah. Why you got to hate on us? What do you do? Well, <laughs> they feel like they caught a stray. And it's just, look, I I'm sorry, but I really liked it because, okay, look, I I'm happy to touch that nerve because that lets me know that people are that. Look, you're actually misinterpreting what I said, yes. but I love how... You know, not only were they passionate about that, but they're actually super respectful about it. Hey, look, just yeah. so you know, a lot of people play it. By the way, we have a tournament this weekend. You yeah. should pull up. <laughs> yo, yo, that is so funny. Yo, that's so the FGC, yo. They were like, yo, yo, you're talking, you're talking about Ultimate Marvel 3 again. It's like you're saying that's a dead game. I'm coming for you. But also, yeah, yo. You should come to this tournament. You should come to this tournament. <laughs> and then also, you I might want to check Fridays. this out. Yeah, yeah. I stream on Fridays. And also, you want to check out this Mugen joint that I just did? Yo, we got all the stuff for you. It's it's wild in that way. And it, and it is it is pretty fantastic that that is still, you know, that is the, that is the gaming community that I still feel most at home at. Um, and, mm -hmm. it, and it is really great to see how scrappy and, and, and to a certain extent, it makes me mad because, you know, touched, well, it makes me mad only because, uh, I think of all the sports that we've seen kind of grow, you know, we've seen mm -hmm. League of Legends, Dota, all these other places that have had huge influxes of money and huge, like they get ridiculous yeah. purses and all this, all this stuff. And of course, a lot of that comes from, comes from the East and, and, and you know, there's a lot of connection in there and you know the work that that i do you know on this show and at, and at work is trying to build up esports and, and more stuff so that communities that look like ours can get a seat at the table in a bigger way um yeah. but when it comes to the fighting game community i'm like of all this of all the versions of video games that you could instantly connect to 
you know, it's very simple. The everything, the games are extremely complicated and, and intricate. But when yeah. you have a visual thing that's like, what is the thing if a new if a new person was just going to look at this thing and say, I need to understand it. You have two people on a stage fighting each other. It is not that hard to grok. Yeah. But they have it the hardest, not. hardest time getting past this interesting level and this interesting barrier to getting into these spaces where huge pot, huge money pots are in it and that they get that visibility. It was one of the coolest things of seeing um, uh, Street Fighter get onto ESPN2 some years ago. And that was a huge thing mm-hmm. because we were like, oh, they might finally break that barrier. They might start getting big money in the space. And then it magically just fizzled away. Um, so when I say mad, I'm mad for them uh, in that respect because I'm just like, there, there's so much greatness here. Um, and it's funny. It's actually... Uh, now, now that we talk about that thing in kind of the, the fullest in- encompassing parts of the sports, there's been this interesting mm-hmm. conversation in the past 48 hours, 72 hours around. Who's the best athlete of all time? Right? Oh, no. The yeah, conversation around Brady around. Yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then everybody black yeah. is like, yo, Serena, what are y'all talking Serena, about? Serena, yeah. Serena, what are y'all talking about? And it makes me think when we broaden that conversation out into video games of like, who are some of the folks who are the most like ridiculous at everything. And I remember there's yeah. a conversation around like, you know, N- Ninja is the kind of face of video games for the outside world in lots of different ways. And for me, there's two people who I think, you know, are, are more interesting and, and actually kind of encompass, encompass a better kind of story for the video game industry, but they haven't gotten there yet. So myth mm-hmm. in terms of straight Fortnite to Fortnite mm-hmm. was okay. a better player and changed the game in the way that it was played, but didn't get as much love when that time came. But if you think about, you know, the the player who would be our kind of most instant kind of analog to what Serena would be, it has to be Sonic Fox. Mm-hmm. Sonic Fox is that person. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. Multi-disciplined, yeah. Multi, multi-game yes. champion, savant, plays the piano, does all this wild stuff. And it's unfair. It, and it's and it's unfair. <laughs> it's unfair. So it's like one of those things where <laughs> when I talk about I'm mad at that stuff, I'm just like, man, like we have so much great talent in that space and it doesn't get the love that it deserves in that way that it should. Um that was a long rant. But yeah, man, it, it is, it it's, is a, it's a it's a it's a good one and it's a true one. And I, I think and, and that is kind of why I'm hoping why I want to at least scratch a little bit of that surface yeah. and say, hey, look, here's some of the just amazing talent that's in there. Now, this community is also going through some things. I think it's important to see that. Mm. But also come out on the other end of it and and re- realize, again, like I said, it's not all gloom and doom. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think I, w- I would love to come back and I would love to do more, you know, a- any any second season, any continuation of this. Th- fighting games would figure in somehow just because there's so much more to tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you're totally right. I mean, fighting games are the, the Daigo Perry. Oh, you, you don't have to, you can show that to somebody who's <laughs> never held a joystick in their life. And they have an idea of what's happening. It's just, he shouldn't be able to do that. Right. Why is it? How did he do that? Right. And, and, and it's, and it's just, you know, the it show somebody Dota too. And they're just, yeah. People, people who people who've logged in five thousand hours. Sometimes they look at that screen. And they're just, I'm not really sure how that happened. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right, right. It's right. complicated as hell. Big respect to anybody who's put that time in, but it's it is not have that sort of outsider appeal that 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 a fighting game does. And so if if a game like League can do it, if a game like Dota can do it, absolutely any fighting game should be able to do that. Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct. Guilty Gear, I mean, you know, you should be able to name any of these things, should be should be on that same level. And I think it actually is deserving that everybody in the community knows that. And I think that is why you see people pushing so hard to make that community better, because they know that the next Sonic Fox could be out there somewhere. And they don't want to get that Sonic Fox pushed out because somebody was a jerk to him. Yeah. Or her. Yeah. Or them. Right. You dig what I'm saying? That should yeah. never happen. And they know that. They know that they need that next Sonic Fox. They need that next Alex Valle. They need that next Cuddlecore. They need that next Sharpie, right, to come mm-hmm. up because that's what's going to bring it up for everybody. Man. Oh, man. I, I wish I could keep you for like two more hours, man. Because the, the vibe <laughs> is just so good. Um, we we're, we're, we got to let you go. But 
and I'm not gonna yeah. make you. I'm not gonna make you pick the baby and say which episode is your favorite. But I'm gonna. Oh, I'm no. gonna make you pick the baby and be like, which which one would you say when you kind of look at the you know hindsight's 2020 that you were kind of the mm. most proud of in terms of the episodes? Man, that is a hard one. You know what? Honestly, I really do like the one about preservation. It's another one that mm. I, I wish we could have done more on. Yeah. Um, there's so much more. Just like, you know, like I said, comicbook.com said they didn't really get into that. Bro, I wish I could have gotten to that. Yeah. But I'm happy we got to scratch the service. So so I'm, that that was a passion project of mine from two or three years ago that I wanted ah, to do. That's good. So I'm happy we got to do that. That being said, you know what? Um... I like all of these, but from just a, a general, hey, you really ought to know this standpoint, mm. I would actually say the one that the, the double episode that's airing tonight, yeah. the one about the military, yeah. the first half is the history of how the military contributed to video games. I mean, the video games would not exist without a lot of this military technology, but then also how the U.S. military specifically is using basically off the shelf like unity to uh you know stuff like that to make stuff to treat people for, P for treat soldiers for ptsd mm -hmm. so that the wheel has turned the other way right and then the second half we talk about things like america's army and then we also talk about recruiting or doing outreach as as some of as Ooh. some of the people in the army would say um yeah oh no we get into that trust me we get into Ooh. that um via twitch right and how and how people feel about that right because that is something that real talk even if you don't live in the united states because as we all know united states military policy uh, affects a lot of in fact basically everybody who lives outside the u.s <laughs> yeah. um that that is that thing that look if your friend doesn't play video games, your moms and pops don't play video games, that's the episode that I want people to take a look at because that is the one that is undeniably that double episode right there. That those two episodes are the ones that affect everyone. The other ones are they're just they're just fun deep dives on interesting stuff, man. I love them, but the impact I feel like is honestly the, these two that are airing tonight on the military. Ooh, those are gonna be bangers. You made me, you made me choose the baby, but I'll but I'll do it. That's, that's reasonable. It's ask reasonable. Me tomorrow, ask me tomorrow, and I'll have a different opinion. Trust me, because I love all these things. But well, good. Um, I'm following you, you now know, on, on Twitter. So right now, now. So I'm following you on Twitter. So I'm gonna just randomly be like, "Which baby is it?" And you were like, "Yo, why are you following me?" <laughs> <laughs> um, fam, thank you so so much for rocking with us tonight. Again, everybody in the chat is giving you love. Folks are really excited about the about the process that you're bringing to this. They're excited for the episodes. Excited for the series. Um, you know, if season two happens same, and you same. wind up doing a little something about black media and stuff and video games, I might, I might be like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, <laughs> whenever that, whenever that winds up hey. becoming a thing. But hey, it it it'll it'll be something. It'll be something. I'm hoping that you get a season two just for the hell of it because I want to see more stories like this and the way that you tackle it, and and again having those fresh eyes to to these conversations really does, you know, make it feel fresh and new. Uh, even to a grizzled grizzled vet as myself in in this space, it, it is really nice to see you do such fantastic work and incorporate so many good folks who I know in the space and, and and having that stuff be on one of my favorite one of my favorite channels on the planet. So, um, everybody in the chat, lot, I really appreciate that. You're doing good work, man. You got to give people props and props to do. Um, everybody in the chat. Everybody here, podcast land, everybody in Twitch land, give Dexter Thomas some love. Uh, we're going to let him go for this episode. We will hopefully have you back sometime in the future. We'd love to have you back and come and rock with us anytime uh, here in Bricago. Uh Everybody here on Twitch, if you're listening here and watching here, we're going to take a two minute break. I'm going to go get some water because I'm parched. Um, and then we're going to talk about Jimmy cans for like half a second, uh, in the chat, <laughs> <laughs> much love to you all in broadcast land and podcast land and in Twitch. And we'll be right back after this. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is the Spawn Me Podcast with your host, Khalif Adams. I am that man. I am that person. I am that G. Jimmy! <laughs> if you missed our uh, Little Nightmares uh, stream yesterday, you missed a banger of a show uh, with our fan, Jimmy Cans. Uh, you had to go. You got to go watch the VOD to get that one because that's, that's just in 
in in in the world somewhere uh, it was a lot of fun uh, to be able to do that uh for sure so we got to give it up to jimmy jimmy cans mad shout out to jimmy cans so um we have a couple of stories this week uh to dig into um there isn't a lot this week to to run into but i think two things that just popped up that i thought were really interesting and, and i think something that you should be paying attention to as well um there was a bombshell dropped um today as of wednesday the 10th um from our folks over at epic games one of the conversations that we've seen uh happen for a long time was around um was around you know, digital actors, you know, some years ago, Epic came through and showcased this really brilliant and super cool collaboration with this, with this extra, with this outside company that was basically mapping human voice and mapping, you know, facial capture to, you know, real people. Uh, you know, we have that in the space. Then you have the conversation around deep fakes in the space. Epic today out of nowhere comes through on Twitter and in the, the video game space and is like, yo, let's showcase something that is bananas and bonkers in terms of what that could possibly be for the next generation of, of, of video game, you know, NPCs of, of new, of new characters of new character creation. Let's take a quick look at this really cool trailer that they shared earlier today. And then we'll come back and talk about it a little bit more. I could be one of many. Je pourrais être architecte. Ou guide. You create the narrative. I am metahuman. is wild i think when we talk about the future of games when we talk about what the future of games can be from not only a you know imagination perspective but from a actual dev-centric perspective epic games has taken this to some whole other level i you know i have always been blown away at the stuff that they do um, but this now is on some whole other layer of stuff. The thing that is wild about that particular demo is that basically they say that you can go from a idea in your head to one of those meta humans that's fully rigged articulation, mouth rigging so that you can move the character around in an hour. What you can do that in an hour. Of course, there's a, you know, there's going to be some, 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 some stuff in that space where the more information and the more knowledge you have of Unreal Engine, you'll be able to do that stuff even better. But the stuff that they talked about doing that in an hour is wild. It is nuts that you would be able to do something like that in that way. It says MetaHuman Creator builds a character model as fully rigged and ready for animation and motion capture in Unreal Engine. Epic Games says, additionally, animations created for one metahuman will run on another metahuman, enabling users to easily reuse a single performance across multiple Unreal Engine characters for projects. Um, one of the most arduous tasks in 3D content creation has been uh, constructing truly convincing digital humans. Uh, Va Va Vladimir Mastovlich says, uh, Epic's vice president for digital human technology, that's also a bugged out title to have uh, in a statement. He says, Epic 
says the character creator process with seasoned animators and illustrators spend days or weeks getting right can be reduced to less than an hour using MetaHuman's creator browser-based application. That is nuts. That is wild. He said under an hour, you'd be able to have one ca- a character like that fully rigged, fully character created. All that stuff is nuts. I think that that is, when we talk about the future, there's one conversation about the future. And I also saw lots of conversations about, yo fam, that shit is crazy as fuck and I don't like it, it's scary. Also true. <laughs> also okay with that being a part of the conversation uh, as well. Because again, with the conversations around deep fakes, with the conversation around us seeing just how gullible some people in the, you know, our brothers and sisters can be, there are lots of conversations about how this technology could be great or terrible or, you know, lots of different things within that space. Me, I look to try to be on the optimistic side of stuff when it comes to this, because I love technology. I love the advancements that we're going to be able to see in this time frame and, and throughout the time that we're going to be alive doing this kind of stuff. Again, the, the, you know, the space in which I started playing video games, you know, 40, you know, 30 plus years ago, in comparison to now, we've grown in astounding ways. What this is going to do in terms of being able to move that conversation in a different space is just going to be wild. Just imagine, and I floated this out on, on Twitter because I was just like hyped as fuck, was me being like, what would a, what would a metahuman doppelganger of me look like? And then just do a whole Spawn on Me episode as that character. It would be wild. It would be so dope. It's a conversation that we see starting to, to begin with the conversation around VTubers, but you're taking VTubing to a whole new level, to a whole other genre and realm of possibility with this kind of, this kind of technology. I am blown away by that. I am excited to hear more about it. It's going to be something that's going to come up fairly soon. I'm sure we're going to get more information about it. Um, but I was just blown away at the, like the fidelity of what they showed and how, how cool that thing looked and, and everything that they were able to do in that space, in that short amount of time. And that's going to be available for devs just to be able to do it. And you're going to be able to do it in a browser. You won't need Unreal Engine on your machine from what the, from the way they, they, they talked about it. You can just do that stuff in a browser. It's going to make 2K really mad when you have that shitty looking <laughs> avatar and when you scan your face in and you're like, yo, I got this joint where I look like a, a, a melted, melted human. And then I got my meta human over here <laughs> looking real dope. Um, it's going to be nuts to be able to see what's going to happen there. I am hoping, I am praying, I am putting it into the universe to be able to snag someone from Epic to come on the show and talk about this, this dope technology uh, that we're going to see. Um, and, and, and how that's going to play itself out in, in, in new ways. Cause it's going to be super, super cool stuff in there. Um, our last story for the night is all about E3, um, electronic entertainment expo. Uh, we are, you know, in the baby death throes of what that conference is going to be. COVID has decimated online conferences, or I'm sorry, in-person conferences. Everything has moved to an online space, and that has been a very interesting, you know, turn to see how that's going. I don't see that changing in the next year, and I don't see most companies going back to doing physical things in a big way, or at least through E3 um, in that space. So the folks over at the ESA talked about Transforming the experience over from uh, our friends over at Polygon, Owen Good uh, shared a story there about the ESA wanting to transform this into a, you know, transforming the experience for 2021. Um, you know, E3 has usually had kind of this interesting space where, you know, companies have used it as its biggest story, uh, biggest place, biggest platform to be able to tell the story about the games coming up. But we've seen already so many companies kind of pull out. Uh, you know, Microsoft is doing their own thing. Sony's doing their own thing at this point. Nintendo has been doing their own thing for a little bit anyway with their Nintendo directs as, as well. Um, but as an online thing, you lose a lot of the hype that you would get for
from what the energy is of, of an E3. I am lucky to have gone to four or five of those. Um, and it's very tangible. It's a tangible thing of being in the room during a conference when a new thing gets uh, shown for the first time. I will never forget the feeling of being in um, the room when Last of Us 2 got announced. I, you know, I was, I was, I lost my mind. I was sitting there pushing Paris with my arm like, yo, you see this shit? This is wild. Um, one of the things that also came up when that conversation happened was again, George, uh, Jeff Keighley is not going to be a part of this because he has his summer games fest, which is another huge blow to the potential for this show being a thing. Um, one of the things I also saw shared across social media was this idea that if a company was going to have a presence at E3, it would wind up costing them around six figures to do that. The, hearing that out loud instantly made me know that E3 is probably dead. There is no reason to spend six figures for whatever your spot would be at a show that no one's going to go to because you can't physically go. Everybody else has their own shows already. And to a certain extent, because those things are spread out throughout the year, there just isn't enough hype to be able to be in that, in that space uh, for, for that to be a real thing. I just don't think that that's going to be a thing anymore. It's just not in the same avenue. It doesn't have the same use that it did. And it's weird because the conversation around E3 from even a couple of years ago was that E3 was dying. COVID sped that conversation up, not only for E3, but for every physical conference that we see. I really don't think that even when the world opens back up that we're going to see people going to conferences anytime soon. As a person in the press, I, I there are things that I get to do now remotely with companies that w is infinitely easier for me monetarily, uh, for me for coverage, because now people send me stuff to use for coverage as opposed to me having to go fly down to a place, get into a room, spend the night, go look at a thing and then fly back, you know, the next day, all that stuff now can be done remotely. Most of that stuff is happening through Parsec. Most of the game demos I've played in the past six, eight months have been through Parsec. And that's because all these teams have been really smart and nimble about the way that they've kind of figured out how to do that stuff. It is a very different world um, than what we've seen before. Uh, Roberto Gold in the chat says, what about Comic-Con? Comic-Con is a different beast. I think Comic-Con of all the ones that should not happen is probably Comic-Con because there's way too many people touching each other and breathing on each other in that space. Even in E3, there's, you know, they had days that were for the press and then they had days for the, for the consumer. Comic-Con as a, as an entity, the hype was built around just being in that space and doing that stuff. It is going to be really interesting to see what Comic-Con does in terms of changing that from a physical show to a digital show. It would be very, very cool to see what happens in that space for sure. Um, it's going to be pretty, pretty wild to see where E3 goes from here, how the ESA kind of recoups some of that money. If they just go back to being a lobby, uh, you know, a, a part of the lobbying space, which is what they do in their, in their non E3 times is they're a lobby, uh, you know, for the video game industry. So it's going to be a, a, a wild ride for them to see if this doesn't go well, do they wind up shutting it down and saving that money for themselves and just not, not spending it. It used to be a huge win for them because they'd get a lot of money in for booth space, for all that kind of stuff. You know, the, we, 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 we basically, interestingly enough, a couple of years ago, we had a booth on the floor of E3, uh, or at least we shared a booth on the floor of E3. And to be honest, the reason that that space was even available for us was because people weren't buying spots like they used to. So we had a full interview cubicle thing that we were able to use for like a day and a half on the floor of E3 because people were not spending money for it. So it's going to be nuts. I'm extremely, I'm extremely excited for what's going to come down the pipe uh, for the rest of this year. It is going to be very, very cool to see what the conversation is going to be. I'd love to hear what publishers have to think about this. Who's going to attend when it winds up happening from a digital standpoint, anybody can, can, can still go, but if they're going to still charge people 
a bunch of money um, for even a digital digital spot, then that's still going to be wild. I don't know how they're going to do it. So everybody, massive love to you all. No post show tonight. Um, I have to do a couple of things in terms of work and some other stuff. Got to knock out some of those things before I conk out and go make dinner. Um, go check out the FCFL, FCA, FCF right now that's happening. Go check out all the shows, the two double episodes that are happening uh, for Reset. You know, Dexter was brilliant and we'd love to have him back on the show. I'm ex- extremely happy that we were able to snag him um, and, and talk about the wonderful things that he's doing. Um, and then keep your eye out for everybody doing cool stuff this month. There's a lot of cool, great stuff happening for Black History Month. Uh, we have lots lots of fun things going on. Uh, you'll see me in a bunch of places. So remember to give me some love where you can and show some love to the places that are giving me love. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun as well there. Uh, and we're going to get up out of here for this episode. Mitch, much love to everybody in the chat. Much love to you all in podcast land. Uh, listen to Corner 3. Our next episode is going to be dropping probably on Friday. That's our bas- basketball podcast that we're doing over at Fanbyte. Um, is there any other cool stuff happening soon? Uh, we're going to do a panel for Black History Month with the folks over at Rooster Teeth. It's going to be me, Paris Lilly, uh, uh Blessing Adioye Jr., and... Rihanna Manuel from Xbox. Well, no, she used to be at Xbox, who is now at G4. Um, so we got lots of cool stuff coming for you all. Uh, and make sure that you give uh, everybody your money. That's what I was going to say. No, I was just playing. Don't give everybody money. Just give all the people who are doing some hard work your money. Uh, anyway, we'll see you all next week. Much love to you all. Uh, oh, check. wait, I forgot. If you're watching this on Twitch, tomorrow, there may be a very special stream happening tomorrow. I almost forgot. Tomorrow night, same time, 6 p.m. PST. Maybe a very special panel with some very special folks from Twitch on our show tomorrow. So if you're listening to this uh, on Friday when it went out, you missed it. But if you're checking this now live, make sure you're back here tomorrow because uh, we have some cool stuff with some with some some big name heads uh, on the show from Twitch. Uh, rocking with us tomorrow more of that for 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 information's sake on the timeline tomorrow so much love to you all we'll see you soon we're getting up out of here peace wash your hands and wash your butt wash your hands and wash your butt